Welcome to the Sozo Church Podcast. Our desire is to see every person know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. We hope this message inspires and encourages you today. Enjoy. Well, come on, if you have your Bibles, grab your Bibles really quick. Before I tell you where we're going to go today, uh, I just want to remind you we're in this collection of talks called You Asked For It. You Asked For It. And um, basically, once a year, we'll do some surveys and stuff, and we'll, we'll ask you what would you like for us to talk about from God's Word. And, um, and so we basically had a little survey that we did last Easter. Maybe you were a part of that. And um, so basically, we took the top three things that you guys chose that you wanted to hear us talk from God's Word about. And so we're going to be addressing those. And so we talked about unforgiveness a couple weeks ago. If you weren't here, listen to the podcast. Uh, It was great. I feel like God really set some people free in the area of bitterness and resentment and offense. Um, And this week, I'm going to give you the second one. See, I'm kind of doing them backwards. Unforgiveness was number three. This one's number two. And then next week, it's going to be good. So, well, not next week. The week after, you'll see. It's going to be really good. So just keep attention there. Stay engaged. It's going to be really good. Um, But this week, I want to talk to you about something that, I mean, this was almost, it was like close for the first place. Um, it It was anxiety and worry. And a lot of you, you checked off that box and I, I just want to know, like, how do I get over anxiety? Because I'm anxious, I'm stressed out. Maybe it's your job or marriage or relationships or finances. Many of you, you check that box. And, uh, and so we felt like, hey, let's take some time and let's look and see what God's word has to say about worry. How, how do we work through worry? What's the antidote for anxiety? How do we deal with this? How do we work through this? And uh, I read something interesting as I was studying this week. Um, it was about Amazon, and uh, I love Amazon. Amazon's great. You can order, like, just about anything from Amazon. You don't have to go Christmas shopping anymore. Just go to Amazon. You don't have to go grocery shopping anymore. Go to Amazon. You have to come to church, though. There's no Amazon church, okay? So you got to come to church. But um, I was reading it, and uh, did you know that Amazon actually keeps track of your highlights on your eBooks? Did you know that? That they keep track whenever you buy a book on an ebook like Kindle, Kindle Fire, things like that. What you highlight or underline in the book, it actually is noted, and they know what you're highlighting. So be careful what you buy and be careful what you highlight. But um, but I was looking at this study. They they released the results and. They just chose some of the top books that uh, people read and the people are highlighting stuff. Uh, one of the books was The Hunger Games. And uh, they, they, you know, they, they had a, a little statement from one of the passages that was the most underlined or highlighted piece from there. Uh, the, the Harry Potter, uh, Potter series was another one. Uh, Pride and Prejudice. They had Pride and Prejudice. That was another one. What would you say? Mr. Darcy. How do you know that? You've been, you've been watching Pride and Prejudice. Okay, okay. That's a great movie. It's a great movie. Um, and then, watch this. So I'm a pastor, and so obviously I'm, I'm like, what, what about the Bible? And so that was one of the top books, and they, they, they said, here's, here's what the results turned in. Here's what people are highlighting. And uh, it's oddly enough, you know, I thought it was going to be John 3.16, right? It seemed like that's the most famous verse. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but find eternal life, right? So I thought it would be John 3.16, but it wasn't. I thought maybe, maybe, maybe Psalm 23, right? The Lord is my shepherd. I have everything that I want. That's a good one. Wasn't that one either. I thought maybe it would be like Matthew 6, the Lord's prayer, you know. Uh, the Lord, the Lord is my shepherd. I just said that one. What is it? How's it go? Uh, somebody help me here. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You see, you know, I thought it would at least be that, but it wasn't that. You never believe the, the few verses that were the most highlighted, not just in America, but around the world. Uh, the most highlighted was actually Philippians chapter number four, 
verse 6 and verse 7. Some of you are like, I got the t-shirt. I got the sticker on my bumper car. I wrote it in lipstick on the mirror. I mean, it's everywhere. Got the cup, the coffee cup. We should, we should do some coffee cups, Philippians 4, 6 through 7. Here's what it says. It says this. Paul says, the apostle Paul, he wrote this to the church of Philippi. That's really, this church, he loved this church. It was, it was one of the joys of his heart. He loved, loved, loved this church. They loved him. Um, and they're in the middle of some, some persecution, some trials, and, and it's, it's, it's tough to live out their call and their faith. But here's what he said to them. Here's his encouragement. He said, hey, do not be anxious about anything. Turn your neighbor and say, anything. Do not be anxious about anything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God. How, how many are thankful that God has peace for our lives? He says, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding. It surpasses anything you can even wrap your mind around. He says the peace of God is something that is, you can't even really grasp how amazing it is. And he says this peace, it will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. I love that. That is the most highlighted verse right now, verses right now. And it must be because it strikes a chord with where we're at. We live in a world of worry. We, we have so many things that we are anxious about. You know, the word anxiety, the Greek word, it actually means to care, to be anxious, or to worry. And you see it throughout scripture. But the root word that it comes from actually means this, to be distracted. Anxiety will distract you. Worry will so derail you from God's plan and purpose for your life. It, 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 will, it will get you thrown completely off course. And there were 14 nations that were actually actually surveyed. They, they went around doing this massive survey, 14 nations, and it was all around anxiety, asking a series of questions. Do you know that America ranked number one? Number one out of 14 nations. People dealing with anxiety. Clinical anxiety, sometimes just, just the anxiousness because of the, the bad news we're always surrounded by and we're anxious and we worry about many things. And, and here's, here's the thing that I'm learning. Everyone worries about something. Everyone does. Every, everyone's concerned about something. Look, some people worry so much that sometimes when they have nothing worrying them, they get worried that something they should worry about is about to happen to them. You know, people like that. Christians, they don't call it worry. They don't, they don't call it anxiety. You know, they call it concern. They don't say, I'm worried about this. You know, I'm really concerned about my kids. No, you're not. You're anxious. You're unsettled. You're worried. But scripture, all throughout scripture, it says, do not worry. Don't be anxious. Do not worry. Don't stress out. Don't flip out. All, why? Because that's where we live. And so the Bible is constantly telling us, don't do that. And listen, God would never tell you to do something that you can't do. It's not bad news. It's good news because it means that it is something that, that can, we can accomplish with his help, with his strength. And here's the, the irony of this is uh, the only part about my job really that I worry about is this, is preaching. And, and the odd thing is that I'm studying about worrying and I'm worrying about preaching to preach to you. Okay, so I'm not an expert on this. Like I haven't, I'm not speaking from a, a place of like, I've arrived, I've overcome this completely. I feel like God's helped me in this area in many different ways, but I'm not an expert. So the title of my message is actually Working Through Worry because I just wanna help you work through it a bit, but I'm gonna preach to myself if that's all right. 
Like I may even turn around, preach to myself, amen, shout myself down. I may even do like this Pentecostal little helicopter thing. Like if you see me start getting touched by the Lord, that's just because I'm preaching to myself. And sometimes you got to do it. So come on. Y'all are crazy. If you're new to our church, I promise we're crazy. And if you're crazy, which you know you are, you know you're crazy, y'all are crazy, you'll have a good time in our church. But come on, let's pray for a moment. We're going to dive right into this. Father, we love you so much. And God, we just, man, we just lean into you right now in this moment. And I just ask you to give us a spirit of revelation, a spirit of understanding, open up our hearts, open up our minds so we can receive what you want to say. Not what I want to say, what you want to say. And God, I just pray that, that each and every one of us, um, that God, that if maybe we've been working through worry, trying to figure it out, how do we get over this? How do we, what's the antidote for anxiety and stress and all this, that right now that we would actually, we would, we would look to you. God, I thank you that you are the, the author of peace. You give it to us. You, you give us, you, you yourself are peace. The, the very street name for Jesus was the Prince of Peace. You've got so much peace and you want that to be in your children's hearts. And so today we lean into your word. We look into your word. I pray that you would speak to us today. We thank you that there are no great preachers, only the great gospel of Jesus Christ. So we love you and we honor you in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Come on, if you receive that, why don't you clap your hands for the word of God. <clears throat> you know, the, uh, the word worry, if you study the etymology of that word uh, in the English word worry, it actually comes from, um, this is very interesting, it actually comes from an old English uh, word and and literally, it means to strangle or to choke. Worry means to strangle or to choke you. Have you noticed that worrying about things will literally it will it'll choke the life out of you. It'll strangle joy right out of your life. I- interesting also that it is it is first worry that leads to anxiety and anxiety leads to panic. And one of the signs of someone having a panic attack, I don't know if you've ever had one of those before, but one of the signs of having a panic attack is what? Is you feel like you can't breathe. It's as if you're suffocating. It's as if something's choking you or strangling you. Um, What exactly is it? What what is anxiety? Anxiety is a feeling of worry. One definition says it's this feeling of worry, nervousness, or unease, typically about an imminent event or something with an uncertain outcome. Oftentimes, these are with things that we, we just, we don't know the outcome, and they're uncontrollables. I, I thought about this. I'm going to get somebody to come up here. We'll jump up here really quick. I, I want to get you up here. He didn't know I was going to do this, but just come on, jump up here. You're just looking so strong today, and will you hold my mic for me for just, just like this? I, I just want to show, I had this thought, like, what does anxiety look like in our life? I had this I had this, I, I always, I have all these, these things here. If you're British, these are bangles. If you're, if you're American or English, right here you speak English, this is just bracelets. But I had this off. Um, here's, what, here's what anxiety actually feels like. Anxiety feels like, like this right here, and there's this tension, and you feel it, and you don't know, is it going to happen? What's going to happen? I don't, it's unpredictable. You didn't know I was going to do that, did you? You like that? It's like at, jo- at your job, like, like, like things are, you know, they're, they're cutting people. You're hearing this rumor that at work that they're like, you know, they're cutting back on some of the employees there. And, and it's this, oh, my gosh, is it me? Am I going to be? And there's this word. It's a great illustration, isn't it? You're like, that's a terrible illustration. You want to do it to me? Okay, come on, clap your hands, show your love for him. But 
you know, like, I want you to see that because I, I think that that's, that's the most miserable way to live your life. Under attention like that. Just constantly worried and stressed out, like, what is going to happen in my life? It's so miserable. You know, I think about this when we started the church. And I know we've been talking a lot about this lately because we just made a year old. But it, my mind has been in this space, so I've been thinking about it. But I remember that, um, or let me just say this, I've never, I've never battled worry, anxiety, or stress in my life until, until we endeavored to plant a church. We have a church planter in the house, Pastor Brandon over here. He's going to be planting in a year from now in Miami. He's here hanging out with us today. Let's clap our hands for him. Um, you better listen to this message because if you've never worried about anything before, just get ready. It's going to be great. I, I never worried about anything, but the week of our launch, September, one year ago, you can ask my wife, I, I was, and I'm just being, is it okay if I can just be vulnerable with you and just tell you, like, I, 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 thank you, I will. I, I think sometimes pastors can act like they've got it together. We're not a gathering of perfect people. We're a gathering of forgiven people and people in process trying to figure things out. And so um, I remember that week, I was so stressed out. I didn't think, you know, is anyone going to show up? And what if things don't work out? What if the people that, you know, own this school, like the custodians don't show up with the key and we can't get, and, and I would lay in my bed at night with, with all this worry that it was, it, there were thoughts in my mind and the thoughts in my head would, would creep into my heart and it would become these anxious thoughts now within my soul and my emotions were running wild and I was so stressed out, literally, you didn't know this if you've been part of our church, but for the five days around our church, I just stayed in my bed. I was so worried. I had never experienced that before in my life, and I didn't know what it was. And I couldn't get victory over it until I began to apply Philippians, which I'm going to share with you. But I still, even though I kind of got a grip on it, I still, it was so bad. Listen to me. It was so bad. The anxiety was so bad, it actually began to affect my body physically. Physically, it was crippling and I was just so just nauseated and just like I was so stressed out. Have you ever been there before? Have you ever been so anxious about a decision that you have to make where you're just like you feel like it's just choking the life out of you? Um, I imagine all of you in here, you, you've dealt with, with that at some point. Maybe it's with your finances. What about these? I'll, I'll just ramble off a couple of these. We worry about our finances. Worry about the debt you haven't been able to pay off yet. Worry about how you're going to pay your bills. Worry about your financial security for your future and retirement. Worry about, you know, how you're going to pay for your kids' tuition. And maybe it's your health. Uh, will the report come back positive or negative? Uh, what is this pain that I'm feeling? And then you go to WebMD. Terrible idea. Man, I wish they'd just take that off of the internet. It just stresses me out. We, we, we are anxious about our family. Will I ever get married? Do they really love me? Are they going to leave me? Can we have kids? Then we get pregnant, and then we worry how we're going to afford it. Then we worry if the pregnancy is going to have complications. Then we have kids, and we worry if they're going to be safe, or if they're going to turn out okay, or are they going to turn out like Nate? Um, we, <laughs> we, we worry, or are we good parents? And and then, then our career, we worry if we'll get the job or if we'll get the promotion. And we worry about our job security because we're not performing at a certain standard and the pressures are increasing. And maybe you just worry, maybe your boss doesn't like you. And then you're, you're, you're calling. Think about this. You, you worry, we, we worry about, hey, will I ever get to do what I feel like God's called me to do? And then you start doing what God's called you to do. And then you worry if you're even really making a difference. And then, then our faith, we worry if God, like, he, is he not pleased with me? I wonder if he's pleased with me. Where do I stand with him? Does he really love me? Does he really accept me? 
We worry that we're not good enough for him, that we're not performing to this certain standard and these religious duties, and we're not jumping through all the religious hoops, and, and we can just worry and stress out. And what I've discovered in my, I don't know, 18 years of pastoring is that it's very common for Christians even to worry that we're just like everybody else. We're not immune to this. We don't, you know, this, this is not something that we just kind of, now we've, we've prayed some prayer and then we don't deal with it. And we're just kind of walking around singing, you know, don't worry, be happy. That's not it. It's not the case. It's a very common thing. But listen to me, you need to write this down and you, need to just, you just need to say this to yourself. Just because worry is common, it doesn't mean it has to be normal. Just because worry is common doesn't mean it has to be normal. It doesn't mean it has to be the normal part of your life. It doesn't mean that you have to be stressed out in your marriage, at your job, with your family. You don't have to live like that. Jesus paid too high a price for you and I to live like this with this tension in our life and we're just wondering and worrying and stressed out and we can't sleep at night and we're, we're just freaking out. It's not, he, he didn't die for us to live like that. He died for us to live in freedom. Now here's the disclaimer for you. Here's a disclaimer. Um, I, I want to be very intentional about this. I want everyone to listen to me because there. I'm not oblivious to the fact that there's some, there's some, there's some anxieties and, 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 and things like that that are clinical, right? Where, where maybe you see a, a clinical psychologist or maybe you, you know, you, you, you're taking medication and things like that. Listen, I believe that there are some parts of anxiety that are clinical. There's some that are spiritual and there's some things that are just practical. And I think that um, we need to be mindful of that. And if you go to a counselor, listen, keep going to your counselor. After this sermon, I'll be like, pastor said for me to top ta stop taking my meds and stop going to my counselor. Listen, that's not what I'm saying. My, one of my, our overseers last week, he said, hey, Jason, you go see a counselor. I was like, no, nah, I used to, but I don't anymore. He goes, you, you and your wife need to start seeing a counselor, and I'll pay for it. I said, cool, if you'll pay for it, I'll do it, And because um, it's expensive, right? And, uh, and, and he said, listen, he goes, one of the best things you can do is to have someone, a safe space to process things. And, and listen, I want you to know, as, as a church, we believe that there are some times there's, there's, clinical, there's clinical solutions to some things. God has given us the medical field. I, I love that. I love that we have doctors that can help us process through things and can help us with certain chemical imbalances. And so there are sometimes it is cl clinical. But make no mistake about it. There's sometimes that it is spiritual and it is practical. How do I know this? Because in the Bible, it actually gives us some spiritual and practical advice on how we can work through our worries. So here's what I want to tell you. Listen, let, let God do his part, but you have to do your part. Let the doctors do their part, but you need to do your part. There is something that you and I can do when it comes to this anxiety that we can oftentimes feel. So here's my position. It's oftentimes a mix of clinical, spiritual, and practical tools to help us work through our worry and our anxiety. I just want to use Amazon's pick uh, for our text today to unpack, uh, and a few additional verses uh, we'll talk about as well. But I want you to write this down. Here's the first thing I want to give you today um, from the text that we read earlier. The first one is this, is it says we should worry about nothing. Somebody say nothing. nothing. Maybe say it like this, say no thing. He is saying, the Apostle Paul is saying, there is nothing worth worrying about. Now, here's what's so, so interesting about this. This is a guy that has every reason, reason in the moment why he's writing this, to be anxious, to be worried, to be stressed to the max. He has every reason to be completely like at 10 on the freak out level. You know why? He's actually writing this from a prison. He doesn't know if he's ever going to get out. He doesn't know if this is going to lead to his execution. 
He doesn't know if he's going to live there the rest of his life. There are so many uncertain, so many what ifs. Isn't that where worry comes from? What if, what if, what if. There are so many what ifs, and Paul has every reason, every legitimate reason to be stressed to the max. And yet he says, hey, guys, hey, hey, just don't worry about anything. Don't worry about nothing. Paul, really? Seriously, Paul, you don't know my boss. You don't know my wife. Don't amen that. Don't, 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 okay? You don't know, you don't know the diagnosis, Paul. You, you don't know what the doctors told me the last time I went in. I thought I was going to be better, and I've actually gotten worse. You don't understand, Paul. How are you going to say that? Paul, he's, he must know some secret. He must know something that the Philippians, they don't know. And yet Paul gives them this tall order. He says, guys, don't worry. Don't be anxious about anything. Worry about nothing, no thing, nothing. Not your bills, not your tuition, not if you ever get married. You don't need to worry about that. Now listen, what Paul's doing, he's actually echoing the teachings of Jesus. Jesus talked a lot about worry. When you get a chance, just, just read your Bible. Just go and read the Gospels. Look at how many times Jesus talked about worry. He would say things like this, Matthew 10. Jesus says, hey, so don't worry, for your father cares deeply about even the smallest detail of your life. It appears that Jesus is implying that the reason you are worrying about something is that you don't actually trust that God cares. In other words, if you truly believe that God deeply cares about that area of your life, then you wouldn't worry about it. Maybe the area that you worry about the most is the area that you trust God with the least. I wrote this down, and, and this is just my working biblical definition. Worry is the sin of distrusting in the promises and the power of God. Let's call it what it is. It's not concern. It's not just something like an emotion, like I feel this. And listen, I'm going to tell you, I'm not talking about clinical anxiety that, that maybe is a chemical imbalance. I'm talking about when we just stress out about things. We have no business stressing out about. Here's, here's why we're doing it. Because we're not trusting in a heavenly father that's a good, good father that cares about us, that cares about every detail of our life, that loves us passionately, that wants what's best for us. If, if we're having these anxious thoughts about our bills and about our kids and about all these things, the reality is, is that we're not trusting that God really cares for us, that God really cares about us, that he really loves us, or that he even has the power or the sovereignty to take care of our life. It's sin. Well, what is sin? Sin is simply missing the mark. It's an archery term. If there's a target here and you shoot at it and you miss it, you're missing the mark. Here's what Jesus is saying. Here's what I want you to aim for in life. Not to worry about stuff. Don't stress about things. How do you do it? You just got to know that your heavenly father cares about every little detail. Every detail. He doesn't just care about the big stuff. He cares about it all. He cares about every single detail of your life. Look at this, Luke 12, Jesus even said this. Again, don't worry. He says, listen to me. Look what Jesus says to his disciples. Never let anxiety enter your hearts. Never let anxiety enter your hearts. Never worry about any of your needs, such as food and clothing. He says, you gotta watch your heart. It's a command. This is not like a suggestion Jesus is giving his, his boys. He says, guys, guard your heart. I'm telling you, anxiety and worry, it's going to come at you, and you've got to guard your heart. Don't let it enter your heart. It will get you so 
toxic. It will get you freaked out. Here's, you know, here's what worry and anxiety is. It's the enemy's attack on your faith to believe and to trust in a loving and powerful God. That's what it is. And he says, guard your heart from that. Don't get anxious. Don't get all stressed out. He's like, that's an attack on your very heart, on your very soul. Guard your heart. He goes on. He says this, Luke 12, 25. He says, does worry add anything to your life? Jesus is like, now he's showing him. He's like, guys, let's talk about this. Let's just process this. Logical deduction here, boys. When you're stressing out about stuff, does that actually help? Like when you're anxious about your job or your boss or your finances, tell me how that's working out for you, Jesus says. Is that helping you? And he says, can it add one more year or even one day? So if worrying adds nothing but actually subtracts from your life, why would you worry about God's care for you? Don't you love that, what he's saying? In other words, does worry help you? Does worry change anything? No, it actually takes away from your life. It robs you of your joy and your peace and your rest, and it strangles the life out of you. He goes on, he says, I'll repeat it. He's like, guys, you're not getting this. Aren't you thankful for those people who are like, you're, you're, listen to me, you're not getting this. We do that to our kids all the time. Like, Liam, look at me. I'm going to repeat this again for the 18th time. Look at me. Jesus does that to his disciples. He says, listen again, don't let worry enter your life. Don't let worry enter your heart. Don't let it get in your spirit. Don't let it, don't let it shape your perspective and he goes on, I love this so much. He says, live above the anxious cares about your personal needs. He says, people everywhere, it's common, people everywhere seem to worry about making a living. But your heavenly father knows your every need and he will take care of you. I love that. He says, don't live like everybody else. He says, as a follower of mine, he goes, I want you to be known as a person that's at peace. How, how, how much of a contradiction, contradiction would it be if the Prince of Peace, that's Jesus' street name, okay? The Prince of Peace and all of his followers are anxious and stressed out. What does that say about him? Or what does that say about us? If he's the Prince of Peace, we should be like his peace entourage. Just chilling. Rest of the world, stress out. Have you seen CNN or Fox News lately? Please, God, no, don't watch either one of those. Just watch the BBC or something. Just stay away from it. I don't know. I don't even watch news anymore. I can't do it. I can't deal with it. It stresses me out. But when the rest of the world is freaking out about things, you know how the church should be? We're just chilling. I'm not stressing out about that. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to freak out about that. You know why? Because Jesus is at the center of my life, the Prince of Peace. He is guiding my heart. He is directing my life. I'm not going to freak out about that stuff. Let the world freak out about those things. I'm not going to freak out about that. We have to make a decision not to let that creep in our hearts. It can creep through a television. It can creep through a newspaper or your social media feed. Listen, don't let your feed feed you. Let the peace of God guard your heart and guard your mind. Now, let me hurry up. Y'all going to get me shouting and going crazy up here. Number two, write it down. He says, hey, don't be anxious about anything. Pray about everything. This is how we do it. I love the fact that he says, here's what I want you to do, and here's how I want you to do it. He actually practically equips us, Paul does, with a tool, with tools that he was using, I believe, as we'll see in just a few moments. And, and I, I think the, this is so powerful. Don't underestimate the power of prayer. We say it as a church all the time. 
we say it all the time as a church, we go somewhere in prayer before we go in person. You're anxious right now? Go to a place of peace in prayer and then let your, let your mind and your heart catch up to it. Let your spirit catch up to it. He says, pray about everything. Look, he says, do not be anxious, verse seven, 6 and 7. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Listen, don't worry about anything. Every single thing that you've ever stressed about, worry about, or let me say this, when worry comes to you, maybe it's this week when you start to worry about something, right in that moment, right there, don't wait. Go straight to God with prayer. Don't wait till you get like you, you're like at a two of worry and then you're at 10, you're like about to, you're going off the rails. Don't wait. Like right when you feel worry come, begin to pray. What is prayer? It's just a conversation with God. That's it. God, I'm feeling, God, I'm, I'm starting to feel worry. Come on. I'm starting to stress about this. God, I, I'm just coming to you right now. This is where I'm at. That's, that's all it is. Prayer is not some mystical, weird, it's just processing. It's a conversation with a heavenly father. You are a child of God. My kids can come to me at any time and say, Dad, I need to talk to you. What am I going to do? No, get out of here right now. Just leave me alone. I'm in the middle of trying to watch something. No, a good father, a good father will say, will turn off the TV, whatever they're preoccupied with. They'll stop and they'll look at their son. They'll look at their daughter and say, tell me what's on your heart. God wants to know what's on your heart. He wants to know what's on your mind. And the Bible says, don't freak out. Don't stress out. Don't be anxious. But in everything, pray and present your request before the Lord. Listen, don't let prayer be your last resort. Let it be your first response. Don't let it be your last resort. Let it be your first response when you start to sense something. But I love it. In verse 6, he says, in every situation. In every situation. So, so worry about nothing. Pray about everything. Everything? I mean, even the, like, even the small stuff, everything, Paul says. The Greek word for everything is everything. <laughs> Pray about it all, everything. Every single detail. God cares about every single detail of our life. I was thinking about this old, uh, this old hymn that they used to, I think it was a hymn, or it's just an old school song in church they used to sing called, What a Friend We Have in Jesus. Oh, y'all know that? Yeah. They can put it, and I'm not singing it. You better leave me alone. No, no. Who, does anybody, you, you want to start it? Who can start it? Yeah, it's terrible. Y'all sound so bad. Elton, don't let none of these people join our worship team. Crazy. Look, let me read you these lyrics. I love this. Look, I'll just give you a few lyrics. <laughs> That's so funny. Y'all crazy. Look, th th these are beautiful. What a friend we have in Jesus. All our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege to carry everything to the Lord in prayer. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. All because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. Listen, we forfeit peace when we carry what we're not meant to carry. You and I, we forfeit our peace when we carry what's God's to carry. You see, you can't receive peace when your hands are full of your own worry and anxiety. You give the anxiety and the care to God, and God gives you something so good in return. He's like, oh, you want, I got, you want this little, I got some peace. I don't think God talks like that, but it would be kind of cool. God's like, oh, you want, this, you want some peace? I want to give it to you. I, I, I have so much peace. It, this peace, 
is way better than CBD oil, okay? It's way better than, listen to me. Hey. It's way better than whatever medication you can think of. Listen, if you need to take it, take it. But God says this, the peace I have, you can't even comprehend it. The peace I have, it transcends any human understanding, any medical understanding. It transcends, like, you can't even believe the peace that I have. You want it? And, and we're like, yes, have you seen me at night trying to sleep and I roll around in my bed? Yes, I want that peace, God. And God says, I'll give you this if you give me that. Give me your anxiety. Give me your stress. Give me your fear. Give me those anxious thoughts. If you'll give me that, I'll give you this. God says, I got peace for you. Prayer is the exchange of what we carry for what he carries. That's what prayer is. It's an exchange. What a friend we have in Jesus. Peter says this, 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7, one of Jesus' close, close disciples. He says, hey, cast just your really big anxieties, just the really massive concerns of your life, just the, same things, just the things that seem like you can't handle. No, it says cast all of your anxiety, all of your cares on him, who? Jesus, why? Because he cares for you. Some of you in here today, you just need to hear this, is that you've been carrying things in your life and you feel like you have no one to help you. You don't have a spouse, you don't have any friends, you don't have a community. Hopefully we could be a church community, a faith community that could come around you and, and bear one another's burdens. I think that's one of the things that the church does. But, but I, I just felt like God wanted just to tell you today, he cares. You feel like no one cares and that no one sees you in your pain and what you're dealing with. God wanted me to tell you today, he cares for you. He loves you and he doesn't want you walking through that by yourself. He wants to care for you. God cares for you. Listen, write this down. If it matters to you, it matters to God. Everything. Pray about everything. Wednesday, we were at our prayer group. We, uh, we have a, a, a worship and prayer gathering, small group that happens on Wednesday nights at St. John the Evangelist in the Mission. And it starts at 7 o'clock. If you ever want to come, come hang out. Do it every Wednesday night. We just worship, and then we pray. We worship, we pray. We present thanksgiving to God, and we pray, and we give petitions. Petitions mean requests. We do it every Wednesday night. Some of you, you fill out those prayer and praise cards. We take those prayer cards every Wednesday, the things that you need prayer for, and we pray for you by name, by need. We pray for those things. Well, Wednesday night, we're at our prayer group, and, uh, man, we're worshiping. This is a beautiful moment, and I pick up a couple of those prayer cards, and I'm just praying for this sister right here. She needs this thing, and, you know, I'm praying for this guy over here. He needs this. I get to one of these prayer cards, and it said, I, I need you to pray for something that I'm like anxious about. I'm, like, I'm looking at this. And it said, I need you to pray that the LSU Tigers will win and the New Orleans Saints will win. I knew immediately, that's Andy Walters. <laughs> he oversees our small groups. I don't know if it was a joke or if that was serious. That was, that was probably serious, wasn't it? But I, I sat there and I, la I laughed at first and I was like, Andy's crazy. And, and while I don't know what, I think God is probably an SEC football fan, probably, I don't know. I don't know. I know he loves Golden State Warriors. I know that. I mean, that's God's team. And I laughed about it at first, and then I thought, you know what? I don't know about all those things. But I, it just reminded me that, you know what? The things that you and I, we care about, God cares about. And he does care about the details of our life. I, I don't know what's going to happen with the Saints, Andy. I don't know what's going to happen with the Tigers. 
But it just reminded me of the principle that God cares about every detail. He cares about your work. He cares about your finances. He cares about your children. He cares about everything, every detail of your life. Here's the third thing I want you to write down is focus on good things. Focus on the good things. Paul says this. He says, he goes on in verse 8. He says, after he's already said, worry about, worry about nothing, pray about everything. Then he says, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about these things. It's, it's interesting. The first two, I believe this, the first two things he says to do, don't worry and pray. Those first two are how in a moment you can get peace to come. And God gives peace in those moments. But I think the way that we keep peace and we, we move into a, a new, new place of, of freedom from anxiety in our life is the more we fix our thoughts on these things that he's saying, whatever, listen, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is beautiful, whatever is lovely, whatever is praiseworthy. He's like, I want you to start training your thoughts to think about that. Listen, you're, re, you're rerouting and retraining the way that you think, your pattern, and it begins to transform you. Listen, I'm telling you, you may have peace come whenever you pray, but if you want to keep your peace, you better train your thoughts to think in a different way, to, to, to begin to think about, man, I'm not going to focus on that. I'm going to focus on this. this. Man, this is lovely. This is right. This is true. This is noble. Don't think about, like worry says, I don't know if I'm going to lose my job. Here's what's right. I've got a job. God, I'm thankful for the job that I have. God, I'm thankful that I can pay my bills. You start freaking out about, I don't know if I'm going to be able to pay my bills. God, I thank you that you have not dropped the ball yet. I've been able to pay all my bills. God, you've provided all my needs according to the, your righteousness in Christ Jesus. God, you've been there for me. Just think about those things and begin to retrain your mind and retrain your thinking. you got to focus on the good things. I love how it says it in Romans 12. Paul believed this. He believed that you could actually transform your life by transforming your mind. He said this, Romans 12 too. He says, don't copy the behavior and the customs of this world. Let's apply this to worry. Don't act like everybody else is just worrying and stressed out about everything. Don't do that. But let God transform you into a new person. How? By changing the way that you think. Listen, I want to say this to you today. If you have dealt with anxiety and worry, here's what I know, is that you can pray and supernaturally God can give you peace. But for you to begin to live a new life of peace, where your mind and your heart is guarded by peace, it may take some time of you doing what Paul's saying to, to intentionally stop magnifying and focusing on all these things you're worried about and start training your mind to think in this different direction. And eventually, I don't know how long it's going to take for you, eventually your mind will be rewired and you'll begin to think differently. And whenever worry and anxiety comes to you, you have a new way that you begin to think and you won't think in this old way because you spent time thinking about these other things. That's how it works. It's much like, I don't know if any of you in here, you're bilingual and maybe like Ruthie, I think, speaks like 18 languages. It's crazy. But I, I tried to take Spanish and when I was in high school. And all I know is, yo quiero ser como tú, yo quiero ser un vaso de tu amor, yo quiero ser como tú. I don't even know if that's right. But it was a song. That's how I kind of know it. Yo quiero ser como tú, Cristo, yo quiero ser como tú, quiero ser un vaso de tu amor, yo quiero ser como tú. It's, isn't that like, Lord, I want to be more like you? I, I may have been ordering something from a restaurant. I don't know what I was saying. 
I was terrible at Spanish, failed the class miserably. Um, but I did have a friend that, that um, they were taking the class. Interesting thing that they told me. They said, you know what, it's, they finished the class, and they had someone that they were practicing. you got to, like, practice, you know, that language with someone and, and kind of get used to it. And they said this. Now, listen to this. Some of you, you know this from experience. This person said, I would speak to this girl in, in, in Spanish, and she would respond in her, her native language in Spanish. And he, he said, I would hear it in Spanish, but then in my mind, I would have to process it in English, and then I would have to think of my Spanish response or my English response and then convert it to Spanish to then respond in Spanish. And they said, it's it's just so hard. It's you want to give up. Because your mind thinks in, in English, it doesn't think in Spanish. This person said, after about six to seven months, something just snapped. Something changed. And this girl would speak to me in Spanish and he goes, I would just I would hear it in Spanish. I would, I would process it in Spanish, and I would respond in Spanish. Literally, he retrained the way that he thought, and it began to transform the way that he communicated. I think in the same way, you just have to spend time doing what Paul says. you got to focus on the good stuff. you got to get God's word in you. you got to think about things that are excellent and praiseworthy, and let it retrain the way that you think, and you'll begin to respond in different ways when worry and anxiety comes towards you. And let me give you this scripture for you, Isaiah 26.3. Look at this. Isaiah says, you will keep, God, you will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. God's the giver of peace, and he's the keeper of peace if you'll keep your focus on the right things. you got to focus on the right things. Fourth thing is this, the band can roll up here. I love this. And normally I give you three points, but this fourth one was just way too good to keep it to myself. You, you got to worry about nothing. You got to pray about everything. You got to fix your, your, your thoughts on, on the good things. Number four, you got to trust Jesus in all things. You got to trust him in all things. See, there's some things you're anxious about, and it's a, maybe, it's, maybe it's even a legitimate thing to be anxious about. I, I don't know what the outcome is going to be, but what I do know is this. The, the secret to peace is for your center gravity to be Jesus and that you've put your trust and your faith that, you know what, he's in control. I'm going to do my part. He's going to do his part. And whatever the outcome may be, I trust that he is good and that he is sovereign. I'm not going to be anxious about, am I ever going to get married? I'm not going to freak out about it. I'm going to pray about it. I'm going to fix my thoughts on right things, on good things. I'm going to convert my singleness into an opportunity to be able to spend more time with Jesus. I'm not going to turn it into loneliness. I'm not going to be defeated. I'm going I'm to think about good things. God, I just thank you. You just saved me just for yourself because you love me so much. And you're just going to think about good things. And God, I pray, I'd love to have a companion, but I'm not going to stress out about it. And whatever the outcome ends up being, if he gives you a spouse, if he doesn't, you can just say, you know what? I trust you, Jesus. If it's a job, if it's whatever it may be, you fill in the blank. You trust him with all things. How do I know this? Because Paul says this. I'm not saying I need anything in verse 11. He just got finished in verse 10 telling them thank you for a gift that they sent him. And so he says, hey, I'm not telling you that I need anything. I have learned. This is something I've had to learn. I've learned to be happy with whatever I have. And then he says this verse 12. I know how to get along with little and how to live when I have much. I have learned the secret of being happy at all times. If I'm full of food, 
and have all I need, I'm happy. If I'm hungry and I need more, I'm happy. I have joy. I'm at peace. I'm not stressed out. Why? Because I can do all things because Christ gives me strength. Now, here's the thing. Paul's sharing this beautiful perspective with them. He's saying, guys, I, I'm in prison. I have every reason to be anxious, to stress out, to freak out. I have every, every reason. But you know what? I've learned how to be at, at peace, how to be at rest, how to even have joy in the middle of what seems like an un, a, a, you know, not an enjoyable situation and a situation that should be... T- I've just learned to be at, at a good place where I'm not stressed, I'm not anxious, I'm not freaked out. Why? Because I have Jesus. And he is, I'm just, I've just trusted my life in his hands. You know, when you look at this, this, this uh, portion of scripture in Philippians, all those chapters, you see a theme throughout it. The theme is Jesus. He says, the model of our ministry is built on Jesus. The motivation of our ministry is built on Jesus. Uh, he says, the means for our ministry is built on Jesus. All of it, over and over again, he's saying, it's Jesus, it's Jesus. We're centering our life. We're he's teaching them, like, guys, this is the secret to life is to center your life on Jesus. Because listen, if you have Jesus, then you can have a relationship with God, which ultimately is having peace with God. And if you can have God, you can have peace. If you can get God in your life, if you can center your life around Jesus, everything can change. Listen, there's some people, you've heard it once said, to practice what you preach. I say, preach what you practice. What Paul's doing right here is he's just, he's, he's preaching to them a practice of his life, that his life is centered on Jesus and he just trusts Jesus. How do I know it? Look at verse nine. Whatever you have learned, he tells them, or received or heard from me or seen in me, put into practice and the God of peace will be with you. You know, he's showing them, he's like, guys, you've watched my life. It's not that complicated. Just make Jesus the center of your life and say, I trust you, Jesus. I don't understand it. It seems so uncertain, but I I center my life on you, Jesus. And and Paul says this, if you'll do that, if Jesus becomes the center of your life, he says, the God of peace will be with you. See, God doesn't just want to give you peace. He wants to come and be a part of your life. And just his very presence in your life through the Holy Spirit will give you peace. God doesn't want to just give it to you. He himself wants to be in your life and provide peace. You know, when my kids are afraid of something, um, they'll, they'll run, uh, a child, when they're, they're afraid, they'll run to a parent and they'll hide behind them. They'll get close to them. And just the very presence of their parent will bring peace to them. I don't have to give my kids peace. I just give them me. I give them me. I give them their father that cares for them. And they think that I'm the most powerful thing in the world anyway, right? They think I'm strong. Like, Dad, look at your biceps. They don't say that. I'm lying. <laughs> why I wear jackets. Anyway. <laughs> but, but honestly, my kids at this age, I'm playing this as long as I can. At this age, they think that dad's the strongest man in the world. That's their, that's their perspective at this moment. And they know I love them and care for them. And so if there's something that would cause fear, see, worry and anxiety is just rooted in fear, spirit of fear. For God has not given you a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and sound mind, peace of mind. And they know because I love them, and because I'm the strongest person in the world, that if they'll just come and let, let me just be with them, I'll give them peace. They'll be at peace. Amen. Thanks for listening. Join us each week on the podcast or live in San Francisco, California.
Keep up with life at Sozo Church by following at Sozo Church SF on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Have a great day.